every day. Millions of dollars are lost to a lack of IT oversight and inefficient infrastructure. At QEH2, we take your security seriously and can handle everything from a new business startup to a Fortune 500 looking to make a change. We are an IT company that puts your needs first. Call QEH2 today at 303-688-7531 or visit us online at www.qeh2.com. Mention the Ladies Chit Chat Club and receive a free security evaluation. 303-688-7531. QEH2. Business Intelligence. Hello, my friends. You are listening to Grit and Grace. My name is Taverly, and I am your host. I'm here to share my entrepreneurial journey with you and will be bringing on some amazing women who've been helping me, mentoring me, and inspiring me on how grit and grace helps them crush it in business, relationships, fitness, family, friends, and all that good stuff. Now, let's get started. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Grit and Grace. I am so excited to have Heather Ann Havenwood with me today. She is the CEO of Haven World World Worldwide and Chief Sexy Boss. She's a serial entrepreneur and is a top authority of internet marketing, business strategy, and marketing overall. She teaches coaches, experts, and service providers to close on the right clients. She has been named the top 50 must-follow entrepreneurs by Huffington Post. She has multiple best-selling books, my favorite, Sexy Boss, How Female Entrepreneurship is Changing the Rulebook and Beating the Big Boys. In 2006, she started and grew an online information marketing publishing company from ground zero to a million dollars in sales in 12 months. And then in 2010, she grew an online newsletter publishing company from zero to a million in online sales without even having a product. And then in 2015, she did it again with Weightless Supplement Company. She is a nationally syndicated radio show host called The Win, where she shares wins and losses in her entrepreneurial journey, which is totally after my own heart, which is what we do here on Grit and Grace. And my friends, she is the real deal. She is fiery. She takes no prisoners. She's a female powerhouse that is truly leading the charge for women to step forward into their full grace. So Heather, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. When people like say my bio, I'm always like, who is that? Like, who, is that? <laughs> <laughs> who are you? That girl sounds cool. Like, is yeah. that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You do. I don't know you, if you ever experienced that, but yeah. I've, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I'm like, well, like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> I, we don't see each other. I mean, I don't see myself as great, right? I yeah. don't. I even yeah, know, you know, and then when you, someone tells me like the whole thing, I'm like, whoa, I did that. Like, that's cool. Yeah, it is no, cool because you like living. Yeah, you like live in the moment, so you don't yeah. often like you know take all of your you know accolades from the past mm -hmm. and look at yourself. We don't do that very well it's as a women. Woman thing because men yes. would be like, yeah, oh yeah, I'm the that's bomb. Me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's me. That, let me tell you more what I did the last two hours. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, and I love that spirit that you have because one thing that you know I have learned about you in the time that we've gotten to know each other is that you do such a good job of how you present yourself to the world, whether it's your website or your videos or the introduction to just who you are. You totally put yourself out there and be your real self, and I love it so much. Thank you. It wasn't always like that, but thank you very, very much for that. I appreciate that. It takes something for yeah. a woman to be out there in, in video. And, uh, you know, you probably see a lot of the comments that are all positive and like, woo, you know, but there's private DMs for sure yeah. that are not that amazing. So, yeah. and what the funny thing is, is they come from women. What? The, the negative is, I call women on women crime. I got that, um, I got that from the movie Unreal. You see the show Unreal by the way, chance it's on. Yeah. Okay. Like I love that show. I'm totally Quinn and Rachel at the same time. Anyway. So <laughs> I love that show. It's all about women empowerment and everything. And they talk about women on women crime about how other women were kind of taking them down. It wasn't men. It's women on women crime and how, how more hurtful it is. And I've had a lot of that recently. And I just, 
you have to really take back, you know, and go, wow, how do you, with a man, it's easy to kind of like, whatever, you yeah, know, right. with, well, with another woman. And these aren't people, these aren't strangers. Some one woman I've known since I was 10, wow. um, she was a quote unquote, you know, friend from the, the past life kind of thing. I had a, a, someone who I promoted on my show was very, very generous with her. And I had to be like, um, girl, you are doing women on crime and crime. I highly suggest that you maybe look at a different way and really empower me because the more I'm successful, you're successful because I've empowered you. Don't, when we're, when we take each other down, it is the worst. When we empower ourselves and others, that's where power can come in. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely a challenge. So thank you for acknowledging that, but it's definitely been a challenge this year because I've put myself out there way more. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's like rising tides raises all ships. Yes. Right. So when yeah. more women are staying at the forefront and I did a podcast on why women need to stay at the table and I've been sort of on this, let's call it a nicely a rant on this podcast from the day that I started because I started learning how much women do not stay at the table and a lot lot of those reasons are because of the judgments of others. And I'll give you an example. Um, in the last week, there's someone that I know, like I'll say a, lightly a colleague, another woman who heard about me launching a subscription box, which is for women like you and me who are, you know, driving our businesses forward, setting big targets. But you know, this box is going to be around supporting women and educating ourselves. And she said to me, like, why, why do you feel that, you know, women, want to like support other women like that. Don't you find that people just tear each other down? And I, I kind of paused for a minute and I thought, okay, I took a second and I realized she is expressing her experience, right? Cause she's, she's doing good stuff in her field. And I kind of, it kind of took me aback for a minute because I originally thought, wow, she's telling me that people aren't going to support me, but no, she was saying, so I went into a conversation with her and just said, Hey, what happened? Like, what happened to you? And when she started telling me all the women that tear her down for doing lives on her, on her social media and putting herself out there and that she doesn't always look perfect or sound perfect, and it's been so hard, I'm like, okay, women, we have got to stop this. True. It's been so much easier to, to diss, you know, Kim Kardashian or whatever, you know, and like, how dare she, blah, blah, blah. And we're kind of trained to do that in a very weird way. I'm from also Southern, I'm Southern Texas. So <laughs> there's an old saying of like, oh, hi, honey. And she's stabbing you in the back, you know? Right. So I definitely have experienced that growing up. I was in drill team and I was in cheerleading and all that. So I definitely experienced what I call the backstabbing of women. Um, and so this year when I put myself out there, um, what's funny is the men are the one who are like, oh, you did great. That was yeah. great. I love that content. That was awesome. You know, they say, they say their own stuff, but there are more things like your title could be better. It's better SEO, you know, or whatever. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Uh, but women are, they, they attack my looks. They've attacked my mm. outfit. They've attacked my boobs. You know, they've attacked all these things. And, and I just find it like fascinating, you know, I'm like, what, what in the world are you doing? You know, what, why are you, dissing me, but I know it's not about, it's a projection, right? But yeah. I want to, even when I brought my book out, Sexy Boss, I had, you know, basically uh, two responses to that. First of all, I was in 2013, 14. I don't think we were ready for it. Now people are more and more ready for it. But when I first put it out, I had a lot of women say, I don't want to be a sexy boss. I want to be known for my brains. I'm like, okay, that's why man gave you, you know, God gave us boobs. Like we stop like seriously. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but I get it, right? Because there was a period in my life that, believe it or not, I was the girl. You don't see me right now, but I'm like, in, you know, I'm all in white and I'm all like pinky and whitey out. Mm. Um, and, you know, I wear clothes that fit my body. But there was, used to be a time in my life that I had black turtlenecks, mm. black pants and black flats. I mean, now knowing who I am, they'd be like, I'm sorry, what? But I, I had brown hair. I had, I mean, it was, I was covering up everything. I was trying so hard yes. to get men to see my brains, whatever that means, being able versus being able to empower my sensuality, my sexuality as a woman in chapter 12, think of girl rich Napoleon Hill talks about sex transmutation. So the book sexy boss is actually about the, about the energy of sexuality, what that means. What does it mean to be sexual sensual and be charismatic. They're actually the exact same energy. Mm. And so women try to like tear that, 
you know, versus embrace it. Yeah. You know? And so I always give the example of 007, you know, who we all know who he is. Yes. 007. Can't miss him. We're like the female version of the double. Yeah. Like, you know, he can walk into a room, right? And we're like, who's that? (laughs) (laughs) We start flicking our hair. Yes. Yes. And what is it really? I mean, it's a guy to tux, right? But his energy. Yeah. His energy is charismatic. Well, what's charismatic energy? It's sensuality and sexual energy. Right. So how do we attract charismatic people in our life when we're literally killing off our sensuality and sexuality in business as well? Yes. So that's kind of, yeah, that's what the whole book Sexy Boss is about is I wanted to redefine what sexual sensual, sexy boss is? How do you be the boss of your life and be a woman and be feminine? I mean, right. that's really- In bad. whatever way that that might be. I mean, oh, because yeah. really for everyone, it's it's so different in what makes a woman feel sexy and themselves and truly be who they are. Every woman mm-hmm. is so different. I tell the story a lot that you know, when I first started my own company, I still put my hair away and I still wore a full regular suit because I have a full sleeve of tattoos on one side of my arm. So I would take my personal personality out so I could be the professional. And it was a huge transformational process for me to say, well, wait a minute here. I, I'm who I am. I can be whoever I am. In right. fact, today while we're recording, I'm wearing an off-the-shoulder Iron Maiden shirt. <laughs> Right. My power to you, girl. Right. Exactly. And I got these big blonde curls pumping out of the top of my hair. But you know what? It it is a journey. And I think that sharing that and letting other women see it and knowing that those that don't like it, if they if they're reflecting themselves, it's because they haven't got there yet. And I try to be sensitive to it. They're not they haven't got there yet. But I guarantee you, if they so powerfully don't like who your message stands for one day they're still going to remember you when they want to like break out of that shell. Mm-hmm. They're going to look back and say, that girl there, she was on fire. And I might not have liked it, but I want to be on fire too. It's going to happen for sure. I think that one, and I, I say this a lot, so people get mad at me, I don't care. I'm anti-Marie Folio. <laughs> so first I'll be like, don't be all sending me hate mail. So here's why. And um, she's done a lot for the female market. However, what she also has done is perpetuated that you have to be perfect on, on video. Yeah. And she looks perfect. She's got a hairstylist and a makeup artist and people give her clothes and she's got a full studio and she's got lights and girlfriend, that is not what it looks like to build a business. Let me tell you. Okay. It's more like go to the average Starbucks in America and look around and that's what it looks like. Okay. And they're in yoga pants or not or whatever, you know, girls, guys, whatever. They're like literally working and whatever makes them feel good and they usually don't have makeup on you know yeah. that's what it looks like to build a business and so it frustrated me for a long time and I felt for many many years I have some videos about this and I felt like I couldn't come out because I had to look like that and I'm like girl it's never gonna happen yeah you know so there's a few videos out there you can find them so one day I did do that I hired a studio I hired a guy I hired a stylist I, ha- I mean I did the whole thing I had four outfits and then I, this whole, I mean, it's been a lot of money and I was like, okay, I'm going to be like Marie Folio. And so I get on there and then the videos are horrible because my energy is just like, I'm stiff. Yeah. I'm worried about my outfit. I'm worried about the lighting. I'm worried about all this stuff. And I'm just like, the content sucked. Right. And I was like, screw this. I spent all this money and probably $1,500, $2,000 to do this. You know what? I'm done. So now if you see myself, I'm sometimes I'm walking, sometimes I'm not, sometimes I'm in my studio and sometimes I put lights on, but it's just me and one light and one camera. Like it's just yeah. about content, 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 content and create, create, create. So I just encourage women, no matter what you look like, is like, let all that go and focus on the content and know that you're going to get haters no matter what. You're just going to get haters. Yeah. It's, I've had it's how you know you're doing well. Actually, I think right. it's how you know you're doing well. Until you've started to ruffle people the wrong way, it, 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 it's, it's kind of like it's a rite of passage, right? And, I th- and there are so many women out there that don't look like 
anybody else. They look original. They're unique. They're not slim. They're not perfect. They right. don't have perfect. It doesn't matter. And that's, I mean, I guess that's, that's the point of your radio show. It's the point of my podcast is that women, you know, we can do whatever we want to do, however we want to do it. Yeah. I, I like to say that my transformation in life was when I determined that I'm going to live and die by my own sword. It's me. I get to decide where my success is. It doesn't matter what somebody else thinks about me. If you don't like it too bad, there's the door. It's really simple. <laughs> or there's yeah. the block button on social media. <laughs> I, I've done a lot of that lately. Um, I think one of them, one that was interesting, I got this big tip with this guy on social media. Um, I did a video, you can find it. It's, I think it's on YouTube of me um, in a robe. <laughs> so I was, <laughs> right. I was, got, I was getting my hair done and I'm going to be in my studio. And I was like, screw it. So I, I had this row at robe and I, you know, I put it together and I just sat back and I have a cup of coffee and I'm like, what's up? Here we go. You know? And I just was like, screw it. And I did one like that. I did. I got a lot of positive response. And then did the next one like that. And this guy was like, I dare you do that. And what people don't understand is let me just say to you, go on YouTube any day of the week and you will see guys who are doing content and they look like they haven't showered in a week. Yes. They look like crap. They have their you know, their five hour, whatever, all over their face. They haven't shaven, whatever that, you know, if you, they were in, you were in that room right then, it smelled like that. <laughs> Maybe you started a business in your basement or garage, but let's face it, that's lonely. And meeting clients in coffee shops gets old really fast. Enter Rise Collaborative Workspace. Rise was started by a woman just like you, who knows that you not only need a great space to meet clients, but also a great community for support and friendship. At Rise, they have offices or dedicated desk space to rent or drop-in memberships for those client meetings. Along with weekly learning and social events, Rise is the perfect workspace for women on the rise. Check out more about Rise at their fantastic website, riseworkspace.com, or stop by and check it out for yourself at the corner of Colorado Boulevard and 7th next to Trader Joe's. That's Rise Collaborative Workspace at riseworkspace.com. And tell them you heard about it from the Ladies Chit Chat Club. We don't, we as a society look over that. But in female world, it's like, why is her hair like that? Da, 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 da. And I remember Dan Kinney talking to me about this. This is 10 years ago. Talked about how he was had a client and how that women, they, are, they had like what I call feedback in the back of the room in this speaking event. And men will get comments like, I don't agree with you on your what you said. And women will get comments like, I don't like your outfit. Your hair is not the right length you need to have longer skirt. I don't like the fact that I can see your legs. These are the comments and feedback mm -hmm. women would get versus men get like the comments about their content. And so that hasn't changed. It's 10 years is not really that long ago at all. Okay. It hasn't changed at all. And so what I say to you on that is don't try to fit in the mold, break through the mold. Yeah. And just be you. Like for me yeah. right now, I'm in a white leather jacket and a hot pink because like, that's what I like. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? And it yeah. does look good on camera, of course, but it's not, it's the same one you'll see me over and over again. I don't have a new outfit every five minutes. Like, yeah. Right. And I also have yoga pants on. So, yeah, so <laughs> Matches like, my I'm Iron real. Maiden. <laughs> right. And you have Iron Maiden on, right? So the point is, is that the content you've got to focus on the content and my tagline is be you be real be the boss of your life you've got to also focus on how do you build your business in such a way where you're focusing on the content and making sure that you're delivering on such a high level right so that's the whole point and just forget about what we look like i mean i know that's challenging yeah. but it is just the truth and it might come in in some part of the process on when you're building your brand i mean yeah. it, it might be a part of that but building your brand can be about what makes you yourself and what makes you unique because there's only one of each of us on this planet. So everyone has these really amazing yeah. unique parts to themselves. And okay, so let's let's go back. Let's talk about your 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 business career because okay. I you'll notice that I shared those like three topics about you because I think that it's really really interesting and exciting how you started and what your entrepreneurial journey was like because it's it's like a lot of people it hasn't been perfect, but look at you now. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Um, okay. What do you want to know? 
<laughs> we'll start from the beginning. Like, how did you okay. get into, like, what made you want to be an entrepreneur to begin with? Like, why did you start a business in 2006? Was that your first business? Yes. Yeah, so I started in the entrepreneurial career in 01. Okay. Um, I was kind of forced into it on accident, really. It was definitely not something I was like, I want to be an entrepreneur. That was not going on at all. Mm -hmm. I was in corporate America um, all through like 95, 95 to 99, 2000. I was in sales. I was outside sales. I was with all men. I was in um, uh, Fort Worth, Texas. Um, all my coworkers are men. All the people that worked for us were women. So mm -hmm. in that typical, right, support staff. Yeah, right. And um, in a big company called AT&T, probably heard of that. So. Mm -hmm. A very big company, telecom, and I was number one. My last year I was there, I was number one in the country in sales, and that was like not supposed to happen. And so instead of getting what I called a pat on the head and good girl and you rock and we love you, I got the opposite. I actually had my, a female boss, which was super rare in general because you know AT and T was super rare. I had a female boss. She was extremely mean. Um, she was not supportive. She told me I didn't deserve it, and then she fired wow. me after I got the like you know, the company gave me the congratulations, but the team and the environment and the coworkers were very upset. So, um, sorry. So we're, we're not, they were very upset. The challenge I had with that was it was the first time I experienced corporate America. Mm. Right. I didn't understand yeah. because in corporate, I was told you work hard, they, you make them money. Yeah. They give you money. They love you. Like that's how life goes for 20 They didn't years. say, if you're a woman, you can work hard, but you're only going to get this, this, and this. And if you work really hard, other women are going to poo, poo, poo you right out the door. Yeah. I didn't understand that. And so after they fired me slash let go slash took all my accounts away kind of thing, that's how mm -hmm. they dealt with that. Um, I was kind of this conundrum, like, what do I do now? And of course, all my friends and family were like, well, just go get a corporate job. And I'm like, no, mm. <laughs> like whatever that was like, I don't want that again, but I didn't know what it was. And so long story short, I actually ended up moving to Orlando and started working for the largest seminar company in the country. Mm -hmm. And I started going to city to city to city 50 weeks out of the year, I lived out of a suitcase and was doing seminars. So the seminars you see at night, like come to our city, you know, come to our hotel in Dallas at one o'clock at this hotel. Yeah. That, that was me. I was at those events and I was selling people into how to buy and sell houses, basically a get rich program, right? Okay. So I learned quickly the art and science of how to sell, mm. how to be face to face, how to go from, you don't even know me. Hi, my name is Heather to in, in an hour and a half, I'm going to ask you for four grand. And I'm right. Going, how to, how to like, know, and trust you in a short time. Quickly. I had yeah. to learn that mm. process and it was a truly, honestly, the best experience I've ever had in my life. Very hard, lived out of my suitcase. And I mean, mm. lived in my suitcase for six years. Wow. And then um, I had a business a gentleman come to me and go, Hey, I'm really good at this whole buying and selling housing thing. Like I'm really good at that. But this whole world of like the education and the seminars, like, I don't know how to do that. Can you partner with me? And so I did. And so that was my first business from zero to a million dollars in one year. Um, taking the information out of his head really, and how to sell that to people. Mm, okay. Right. So that was my first business, um, online and in oh five. And did you settle and stop living out of a suitcase? I did stop living in a suitcase. I actually went back on the road soon after that because uh, this was my big lesson in life. Um, business partners aren't always that great. Yeah. So um, he um, came home one day from an event and everything was gone. And I was <gasps> in bankruptcy within um, oh my. And I lost my house. So I went mm. from killing it financially to bank accounts emptied and the business completely gone within about 24 hours. And I was bankrupt and my house was in foreclosure. That is crazy. So then I experienced 07, 08 with the, and I was in Florida with the rest of the world and right. I lived on people's couches and futons in the back of my car, wherever. Um, Cause I just, there was no backup plan. You know, I didn't have yeah. a daddy war box. I didn't have a dad to go. It's okay, honey, come to the basement. You can live here. Yeah. Like I didn't have that. I didn't have a, a husband who works for the government or something to say, well, you just hang out and have bonbons for a while while you think right. like I didn't have any of that. I couldn't get a job like at Starbucks. There was nothing. I couldn't get, there was no Uber. I couldn't get a job mm. anywhere. And so it was very, very hard. That was probably the hardest years of my life. Right. right. And cause that was the moment when you're like, wow, I failed. <laughs> Feels like such mm. a failure sitting here broke. I had nothing. When I mean broke, I had, didn't have enough money for a bank account. Right. Like 
Why yeah. have a bank account when there's nothing in it? Yeah. I had one bill. It was a cell phone and uh, my car did not have insurance and it was paid off. So I was hoping that God did not throw me any accidents because yeah. it was not insured. Right. You know, I mean, that's really, that's hard. And when you're 30, I was 32 years old and it was definitely something that you could talk about it, but you can't teach it. Yeah. Because it's a feeling that I'm sure created the drive in you to continue on because a lot of people get in those situations and don't develop the drive. They develop the, the they develop the heartache and they stay in the place of heartache. And I, I actually know people, I, I've seen people experience some type of trauma, like you experience a major yeah. business trauma, but it was your whole life because it's that's your whole life. Yeah. It's your whole life. It's trauma. And some people stay in that space and they just find a way, however it can be to not be in that space, but they don't bring the drive back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not, it's definitely, and then you talk about you have the woman aspect because there's a lot of men out there who are like, oh, it's broke, whatever. And like, I don't know, there's something about that's kind of a rite of passage or something <laughs> with them. But with women, there's a whole nother view because I started getting things like, you should have never been an entrepreneur in the first place. You oh should my. Have, you should have married. Why don't you just get married? I had one man on an airplane who patted me on the on the knees, older gentleman, and said, it's okay, honey. Like, you'll just get married. You're pretty. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the answer. You know, and it was very, like, I had to look at that. I'm like, well, I, I had a guy offer me money to get married. Like, I'll just give you money to get me. Wow. Married. Right. Oh, I had it all. Right. So, and wow. I had to look at that. I was like, okay, what does that mean exactly? Said, well, I need, he's like, I need citizenship to the United States. You need money. Ah, well, just like getting married for a couple of years. I'm like, oh, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to pad my bank account for a little while. I mean, was it cute at least? <laughs> he was cute. But then I was like, okay, we're not going to sleep together. He's like, oh, we have to sleep together. I'm like, I oh, know. right. No, yeah. no we're done, right? <laughs> so, um, I mean, I had it all. And my point mm-hmm. is, is that men would have never experienced that. Men would have, mm-hmm. here's what men would have done. Men would have reached out to him and said, Hey man, I get it. I, I got a, I got something for you. Hey, why don't you come work for me? I've right. seen, I've seen men hit the dust and I've seen men pull them up like, Hey man, I got you. Or like, Hey, I'll throw you some cash to start another business. I've seen that women do not do that. Or I've got a job for you or who can I introduce you to? Uh Or what, you know, what, what are you looking for specifically? I know some temporary work people. You're right. You're absolutely right. There's a gentleman, not gonna say the name who is a very big mastermind, not gonna say it, had dinner with him, um, a while back, way back. And I said, Hey, I want you to let me in because I want to grow some things. He goes, No, you got to pay your way. I go, Didn't you let so and so in? Well, he was having hard times. Mm. I was like, I go, Oh, and then the next year he made a million. Isn't that interesting? Mm. And he's like, Well, and I'm like, It's okay. It's a, men, it's a man thing. See, when men see another man fall, if they feel they're worthy, they will pull them up. I've seen men go, Hey, I had this business. Oh, my buddy's like struggling. I'll just give you the business and you run it. Like I have seen that and I'm not against it. Cause I'm like, good for you. But I promise you, they're not calling me and going, Hey, I got a business. I heard you're hurt and I'm just going to give it to you. Mm-hmm. Let you run with it, man. Yeah. That shit and and women aren't doing it either. Although right. we're, you and I are, are an example of the women that will do that. We, I we agree can change that. that, but it is very rare. It's, I'm just saying there's a mindset and not against it. This is not a man bashing. It's a mindset of a male. Think, think of the army. Think of them in, um, in the military. No, le- no man left behind, right? Mm. That's how men think. No man left behind. Forrest Gump going back in there and grabbing his best friend. Women are like, oh, girl, like I love you and all, but like I'll break a nail. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, we'll come, to, we'll come help you. We'll whatever. But it's like, oh, you know, we're not going to, we don't have that no man left behind kind of experience in business. Yeah. And that's what I want to encourage because the moment we start having that, the moment we start having that view of like no woman left behind, which is the view I have, I have a big vision of 10,000 women who are completely financially free because I'm clear that when women are financially taken care of or free with themselves, their own money, I promise you, they're not going to marry that guy or that guy are going to have that kid because they feel they have to or whatever. I don't care what it is. They might, might still choose to marry that man. It still might choose to have, but at least they're choosing it, not feeling they have to because they have to have the river over their head. Okay. So if you're, if, if any of our listeners are, cause I can see so many people relating to exactly what you're saying. And I, I, I think a part of that process for me creating 
a network of women around me that are like you who really strongly, I know, have my back, like literally have my back. They might not be able to fill my bank account, but I know that if I'm struggling in a certain area, I can call them and they are not going to let me fail. And the days that I veer off my path, because I'll tell you, you know, it's been over a year since I started my business. And the first part of that whole journey, I was still applying for jobs. I mean, I, I couldn't stop because every single person in my life that didn't understand what I was doing said, go get a job. You might just need to go get a job. Like you just need to get like a day job. And I'm like, no, I'm going to do this thing. And I'm going to do this thing. And as soon as I brought around me other women who understood that, and I knew that they weren't going to, they weren't going to, first of all, judge me for what I wanted to achieve. They were going to see my dreams and my goals and say, heck yeah, I don't understand it, but heck yeah, let's go do it. And I know that they're not going to let me down. That's step one is creating a network around you, which is hard to find. I understand, but you do need to create, you know, you need to create your tribe. So what else can women do if they are on this journey in life and feeling like whether they're employed or they've started a company or want to start a company and are floundering to have a support system? How do they build that? Madeline Aubrey, I'll tell you a story because it's the easiest way to experience it. So Madden Albright, who was the Secretary of State here in the United States many years ago, um, she did something very interesting in that, um, I don't know if you know this story or not, but what she did when she became Secretary of State is she called all the heads of other countries. It could be the president slash whatever queen, or it could have been the secretary of state, whatever in her position, right? Mm-hmm. Around the world. And she went around the world. Any one that was a female, she called, okay? So it could have been some country, some small country, big country, no matter. Here's what she said to them. She said, look, here's the deal. I'm going to make a deal with you. And here's the other people that are in this deal, these other women. I'm not asking you to do anything I ask. I'm not asking, I'm not going to do anything you ask, meaning we're, everything's always negotiation. We may or may not be on the same page. However, the only question, the only request I have for you is this, you take my call because I will always take your call. Mm. What she did is she created a bond with these women around the world. It wasn't that they had to you know, say yes to whatever the request was. It was just, I just make a promise that all these women, we all are making an agreement that we will take each other's call. Mm. Okay. Now there's a profoundness in that because men have that. See men, like there's a respect in business that they have. They might not like the guy or agree with them, but they'll take the call. Mm. I'll take his call, right? I'll, I'll, I'll mm. listen to what he has to say. I might not mm. agree or whatever, but I'll take the call. What women do is we block the call, mm. right? Oh, I don't like her. Or, mm. oh, she did, 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 I don't like her. That what? It's like, leave that out. And what Madeline Albright was saying, we are creating a bond of women around the world. And that's why she's, she's got huge success when she was Secretary of State. She moved mountains, and that's why. She was able to create this bondness with women around the world in countries that, you know, small, medium, large, didn't matter. That was, that, that was her elixir. That that she was able so to. Powerful. Very so powerful. Very powerful. Yes. It's, it's not about we had to be besties. Yeah. Not only to be me sisters. You don't even have to invite me to your wedding, girl. You know what I mean? It's the fact that you'll take my call right. in business and you'll listen and I will listen to you. I will take your call. Bottom line. You know, Love and it. that's the difference between tribe with men and tribe with women. Tribe with women, we have to like them, like sex in the city or something, right? Yeah. yeah. And the reality is a good tribe, like Matt and Albright, it's not about liking or sisterhood or any of that best friend stuff. It's about the respect and going, I will take your call. I will listen to what you have to say and willing to and vice versa. That's, that's the difference between tribe, right? And bestie. And that's what yeah. you're describing. Yeah. You've got to be able to surround yourself with people and I have people in my life, women included, that will call me on my shit, mm. right? right? They'll take my call and I will take their call, but they're the first to be like, what are you doing? What yeah. is that? Yeah, I mean, for sure. They leave me on the phone in tears. They go, I gotta yeah. go. Love you. Yeah. Like, Woo! you know, but it's not about that. It's about yeah. they respect me enough to say, I will lose you as a friend, 
versus tell you the truth and be a better person. Because that's that they have their, your best interests at heart. And we can't always have our own best interests at heart because no. we can't see things clearly because we're in it. Like we're in the right. mud. I had a, I had a difficult decision to make recently in the last couple of weeks. And I have a business mentor that I, I know, and you know, I, I just knew I needed to bounce all this off of her. And so we went actually to have empanadas and coffee. And I presented the case to her that uh, this decision I needed to make. And she says, what are you doing? You, you've, you've already made that decision months ago. Like, why aren't you doing it? What's the problem? And I was kind of, I was kind of taken aback because I'm like, not that I expected fluff because I'm not a fluffy person. I'm not, I didn't expect fluff, but I expected us to have more of a conversation and there was no conversation. There's like, you know, you already made this decision. Why aren't you doing it? Like, what is the, what is that piece holding you back? And then I, I actually knew what that piece was. And I, I actually went and made the decision and you know, dealt with the situation the next day because I just needed somebody to hear what I had to say. And I didn't like her answer at first, but I'm very grateful. <laughs> right. And you know, what that, so where that comes from, I just want to address that. So first of all, kudos to her for saying, I ain't dealing with this. Just go do it, girl. Yeah. I got you. Um, kudos to that. But at the same time, what I want to address with that for a second is this need for women to get permission. Mm. There was a level of you on some yeah. level looking for that permission, right? Yeah. And by the way, we all have it. Women have it. Yeah. That is because we are taught since first grade, first grade, that's six, seven. We're taught to be good little girls and raise our hand and say, can I go to the bathroom? Mm. <laughs> can I talk? My lad does. Can I ask that question? Can I, can I see? I love that so can much. Can I go to the bathroom? Can I go tinkle? <laughs> like seriously? You know, and I share this story and it's totally embarrassing, but I will share it. Second grade, Miss George, my favorite teacher ever. All right. I had to go tinkle and I raised my hand like a good little girl. And I raised my hand. I waved my hand. I don't know how long I felt like it was three hours, but who knows? I'm waving my hand away. I do not move from my seat, girl. I do not move. And then I pee in my seat because I could hold it anymore. Yeah. Right now I'm embarrassed, pee's everywhere, everyone's laughing at me, whole drama, mom's call, blah, 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 don't forget, right? Mom had to bring a whole new dress, I mean, dress is ruined, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there, never forget, this was such a beautiful moment. Me and my, me and my mother and Miss George in the room by ourselves now, and Miss George looked at me like all sweet, she's like, honey, why don't you just go? And I go, but you told me that I couldn't go without your permission, which one is it? I'm confused. Yeah. Right there. Boom. Right there. That is our programming. Which Mm -hmm. one is it? Oh, so now guy got a piece so bad it's okay to go and then I'll get in trouble, but I can ask permission later. Which one is it? You know? So that's the female thing we are taught and we are very, very, um, what's a white word? Um, we're giving kudos for being good girls. We're being kudos for raising. Oh my gosh. Yes. We're being kudos. We get little stars and crap. Yes. Little stars. Look, I got five stars because she's a good little girl in class. Right? Oh and then entrepreneurial world goes like this. Do everything that everyone's not doing. Right? Yeah. Like if like, they're I'm doing gonna... that, go the opposite way. And that's why it's so hard. It is right. you like literally you just described the path so perfectly clear because that is exactly it. And we lack the confidence. We literally lack the confidence to it's say, okay. Of programming is because yeah. we all have a Miss George, yeah. you know, yeah. like you were probably look in some level, you were wanting to have your girlfriend go, oh my God, that's so amazing. I so, that's so great. Like, yeah. But meanwhile, she's like, girl, you already said that. And that gave you permission too on another level. But at the end of the day, there was a part of you that was looking for someone of like, yes, you can go to the bathroom. Yeah. And it's not, you're right. It's not because of the confidence. It's more like it's a programming right. and you just have to look at it. I mean, I do it myself. Look, I just had a coaching yeah. session with my coach and I said, is this the right path here? Now she said to me, go into your, I'm at a point with her. She's like, go into yourself. What does yourself say? What do you say, right? What is yourself? That's taken, I'm, dude, I've been doing this for 20 years. That's, I'm 43, right? I'm still over here like mm, tapping to my higher self, asking me. Men do that automatically. Yeah, they do. You're right. They are trained. I mean, think about it. If you don't know if you have kids, but if you have kids right now in junior high, one girl who's junior high, you know, she's being a good little girl, whatever. And you have the boy who's wrestling and is knocking stuff over. What we say, oh, they're just boys. Yeah. They're boys. It's okay. It's true. Yeah. It's cool. It's okay. They're, they're allowed to screw up. They're allowed to mess up. They're allowed to make a mess. They're allowed. And we just, it's okay. You're a boy. 
What if our daughter was doing that? How dare you wrestle and mess things up? La, 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 la. Maybe your you know? pants are dirty and your hair like is your not combed. Dirty. Yeah. So, I mean, it is so ingrained. We don't tell our daughters, go out and just be nuts. Right? <laughs> so how do you teach that? I mean, that's the question because I, I totally resonate with what you're saying. And I, you're, I still do it. I have these little, there's this, a, a couple of other little really funny things that go through my mind that I know I have totally just done exactly what you're saying. And I think part of it is because it's, you know, we talked about this a little before we started recording that doing something new and different without anybody's permission and focusing on driving where you want to go, it is trailblazing. It is 110% trailblazing and you often have to do it by yourself without anybody's permission or anybody in, in next to you because people don't always know where you're going or why you're going there. But how do you teach that to people that don't have that grit? I say then don't do it. You can't mm -hmm. teach that. So people come to me all the time and they ask me, should I be an entrepreneur? And I said, the fact that you're asking that question is a no. Because uh, believe me, entrepreneurship is something is who I am. It's not what I do. Mm -hmm. It's who I am. It's like looking at um, Michael Jordan saying, hey, did you know you're an athlete? He'd be like, I, 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 I guess. Yeah. It's like he breathes it. <laughs> yeah, I'm an athlete. Duh. It's like who I am. If I said to him, don't be an athlete, he'd be like, I don't even know how to breathe. Mm. Not be an athlete. A dancer. A dancer's a dancer. That's why they can go different kinds of dancing from salsa to ballet and back. Who they are is a dancer. As long as they're dancing, they're breathing. Right? Mm. Michael Jordan went from, from basketball. I think he went to baseball, whatever. Now he's golfing or whatever, dude. Doesn't matter. He's an athlete. It's who he is. The game doesn't matter as long as he's playing right? So that's when someone comes to me and goes, should I, should I leave corporate America and, and be an entrepreneur? I'm like, the fact that you're even doing that, it says no. Because to me, it's more like if I went to corporate America, that's called death. It would mm -hmm. literally be death to me. Mm -hmm. I would be like, oh, I would cry in, in tears because it's so far removed from who I am. Not because of it's like a bad and wrong. It's just like, it, I can't breathe. Mm -hmm. So it's a different just perspective. Entrepreneurship is a way of life. Right. It is. Right. And so it's a different perspective. Some people are literally born and bred to be entrepreneurs. Some are born and bred. I mean, look at Elon Musk, right? He's just a crazy freaking scientist dude, <laughs> right? He was born that way. That's like who he mm -hmm. is. He creates stuff. And I'm going to, we're going to, we're a rocket. We're going to build a rocket and go to the moon. You crazy. You crazy. Oh my God. Look at where we go. Look what we're doing. Look, that's cool. Like, seriously, that's who he is. He's like, whatever. But that's because that's who he is. Richard Branson, same way. Tony Robbins, same way. Gary Vee, same way right there. It's just like, it's like who they breathe. Mm -hmm. So my, my question I would have is what makes you breathe? You know, is being an entrepreneur, is that something you really are called to do? And that's the drive that comes from that. I hope I made sense. Yeah, you did totally. And because it's a small percentage of the population, that's for sure. It's it's true. And so there are a lot of there are a lot of women listening to the show that aren't entrepreneurs, although we do have a lot of entrepreneurs. Those that aren't listening, you know, there are places for you. Being an entrepreneur isn't the end goal for everybody. It's the no. end goal for a very small amount of people. That's what you're saying. If that's not you, don't do it. You know, don't, if you don't be mad at yourself because you're yeah, not. Yeah, find 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 your your area, your niche. What some people have to be mom mom's full time, you right, know, right. Nurse, whatever. Like, you know, I promise you Oprah didn't like come out of her womb. Like I'm going to be a media mogul. You know what I mean? There yeah. was probably a moment of her life of like, Oh my God, I'm a media mogul. Like how did that like, Whoa, you know what I mean? Mm. So I think that's part of the process is understanding your path. Mm. And I'm not trying to be like, it has to be, by the way, I'm not the kind of person like follow your bliss. I am not that girl at all. I say I am an entrepreneur and it is not blissful. Yeah. You're right. It's not, it's not blissful. Yeah. Anyone who's selling you that bullshit, is, yeah. that's not, it's not blissful. It is challenging, mm -hmm. but it's what it's a way of life. I choose, right. It's a way of life. I choose just like, I know people who are in the restaurant business. If you've ever married or dated someone in the restaurant business, I have, I dated a chef once. I have to admit, I really liked it because I like to eat. So <laughs> yeah, like but yeah, but it's but a it's, way of life. It is a 100% a way of life. They live behind a nasty, disgusting kitchen. And no matter if it's the best restaurant in the world, it's still disgusting back there. Mm -hmm. You know, they live in, ugh. I mean, it's, yeah. just, it's just whatever, but they also get to create and they get to be themselves and it's beautiful. And like, they love it. They love every minute of it. You know what I mean? But like, 
that's who they are. They're breathing in it. So it's not bliss. I promise you when they're sliding at midnight trying to clean the kitchen, right? It's not blissful. <laughs> right. It's right? Not, right? Yeah. The, min, the midnight after everything's closed, the kitchen, the, I used to run restaurants. So like the kitchen in the back when they're cleaning, it's not pretty. Right. Yeah. So I think that that's part of the process, understanding what actually is your bliss, whatever that is being a coach. That's where you get really like called into. It's not blissful though. Coaching is not blissful either. So it's hard. I would just encourage whatever is that bliss is. Yeah. Like whatever that. that might be. I, I mean, people comment a lot on this podcast. I think that I can't remember, I can't give you a number, but I think you're close to 50. I think you might be close to my 50th recording. Although this is going to come out sometime in 2019, probably in February. Um, but people comment all the time. Oh my gosh, your podcast is so good. It must be so fun. It's so, you know, it seems so easy and natural. And I'm like, Oh honey, <laughs> you don't know how much time goes into it. And it's because this is, none of this is blissful all the time. I no. Mm -mm. Right. It's, it's no. not, it's the, the hard part is it's, it's that way in everything that we do. Right. Yeah. But if you love it, I mean, motherly mothering, come on. Yeah. Birthing that ain't blissful. I don't know. I've got two teenagers. It's still not blissful. I mean, right. when they were one and two years old, they were opening, you're like it's three in the morning. They want to be fed. I mean, kids are the most selfish things on this planet earth, right? They're like, I want to be fed now scream, right? I want to be changed now. I'm screaming. I mean, like they are selfish, but what do we, we love it, right? As women, yeah. like some people hate it, whatever, yeah. but like there's a pain involved. It's called a labor of love, right? So everything that you have is a labor of love. And so if you're not in my entrepreneurship world, it's a labor of love to me, right? And what I give and what I create. So one of the things I do is actually launch people's podcasts. I talk about mm -hmm. that. It is a labor. It's yeah. totally a labor. And so um, I'm actually doing a course right now and teach people how to launch their own podcast. And it's a labor. Podcasting is just one of those things. It's not hard, right? It's just a lot of moving parts mm -hmm. and there's labor involved. Yeah. And I'm glad that you brought that up. I did post on our social media for all our listeners, if oh, you're good. interested in learning how to podcast that they yes. can take your class. Cause I think that that or your course, that would be amazing. Uh, Cause it's, it's interesting. I last year, this was one of my goals for 2019 um, was to master how to podcast. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't for me just learning to talk and have a comfortable conversation like this. Cause let's just admit, I'm a pretty good talker. I've always been a good talker. In fact, if you ask my parents, they would say I was too good of a talker all my life. My teacher right. would say I was a good talker, but I wanted to understand the mechanics behind what you know, what the technology looks like, what is, you know, what does the equipment needed? How do you edit? How do you merge? Like all this stuff. And I figured that stuff out pretty fast and literally I've, I've loved every minute of it, but it isn't always really, really simple. It's not, and you're right. It's not that it's hard. It's really, it's just not always really simple. And the other thing too is it's, it's public. You know, that's, that's, that's the sensitive part that people, you know, yeah. from a listener perspective, you guys get to hear lots about me. I had a, I had a listener, you know, a couple of months ago, send me a, a direct message on Facebook and say, oh my gosh, I love your podcast and listed all the things she loved. And I thought it was so sweet, but she also knew, asked me about my dog and my kids. And I'm like, Ooh, <laughs> that that's, that's mess. Thank you for listening and caring so much about the message that I'm bringing forward. And I'm sure that you must find that same thing too. And yeah. it's, yeah. Is that included in your podcast course? Do you talk to people about um, how much personal to bring out? I should more. I don't. I, I may, yeah, I probably should. I do a lot of interviews of some really high talented insights with influencers. So I focus a lot on that. Um, that's kind of how I've been doing it. Uh, but I, I should, I probably should talk a little bit more. I'm doing this thing called um, fit over 40. Um, and I'm going to be doing a podcast podcast slash um, personal group about I'm going back on stage bikini model. Oh my gosh. I love it. I want to be a part of that group. Cause you know, I, I train in strong man and I'm a yeah, yeah. God instructor. So I am fit over 45 now. Yeah, <laughs> good. Yeah. What should be part of it? So I'm going to be talking yeah. a lot of that about anti-aging and hormones mm -hmm. and, um, like the real shit, you know, yeah. cause every time I see women out there who are what I call, uh, fitness people mm -hmm. who are big online, I'm like, dude, you're 25. Yeah. You know, you're 30. Look, you have no boobs. Like, yeah. how do you like really, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you haven't hit 42. You don't know what it's like. So I'm creating this thing, sexy boss body. Um, I have a sexy boss body store now talking about sexy and being your boss is sexy. So I'm going into that mode. Um, and I'm going to be basically completely uncovering and telling people my entire process that I, I do to become 
get back on stage. And girls, it is not pretty, right? <clears throat> it is not blissful. I was up at six o'clock this morning, um, going to the gym to get on the stair step, right? So mm. it is not blissful, but I'm going to be showing women because what happens is women see just the aftermath the MP on their, they're on stage yep. and they don't see all the crap they go mm. through. It's mm -hmm. a lot. So I'm going to be basically opening the door and saying, this is the stuff I'm going through. This is what I'm eating. Like it's, yeah, All it's, that. and it is not the same when you're 40. The truth is, it's just not the same. So I, this last strongman competition I did, you're going to, you're going to love this, but I was the oldest woman, I think by like seven years. And, you know, there's a lot of really young and like, you know, professional strongman yeah, competitors. And, and I was just happy to be there. I ended up after the second event, dropping a 105 pound stone, breaking my hand. So I, I didn't finish the event, but it was a win being there. I didn't care. And the way that people train and prepare and recover from any sort of like major type of exercise events, even if it's just a day at the gym or a spin class, it's just different. Our bodies are different. Our joints have less lubrication because of hormones. And when you're someone like me, who I literally have half of the organs I was born with, I've had, you know, so many major surgeries that I live with half the organs. So my body's like really sensitive. I just happen to know my body very well, where my body and I were at one on a regular basis. And I have a really good coach that understands that being over 40 is not the same. And we talk a lot about diet and hormones and recovery, mm -hmm. right? I mean, there is something to be said for how a 40-year-old woman recovers from any type of exercise session compared to a 25 or even 30-year-old woman. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think that's amazing. I can't wait to see it. I want to be a part yeah, of it. That's I'll amazing. I'll send you the Facebook link. It's like under fit, fit and fabulous and over 40 or something. I'm doing an interview with my uh, nutritionist today. So, Oh, that's exciting. She's 50 and she looks amazing. So yeah. So I'm excited. It's going to be talking about hormones and the real stuff and yeah. all that. So, so, okay. So I have a question for you, yeah. something I'd like to know, because you are like me, you have high energy. I'm sure you live in that space. That's just who you are naturally. It's like, it comes from the inside. The light shines out like a firework. How do you keep it fresh? You know, what happens when your light gets a little dim? What do you do to take care of yourself? Oh, uh, I work out. <laughs> I work out. I get massages and I do Epsom salt baths. I don't, and yoga, I do a lot of yoga and meditation. Yeah, that's, um, I take that's care cute. of my body for sure. Um, I do chiro chiropractic, acupuncture, um, yoga, meditation every morning, and then uh, I work out. So yeah, if you're not balanced, there for me, it's all about balancing that energy. Mm -hmm. um, it's just massages. I have a great. I have a great little. They call it a uh, foot spa. Chinese guys, nice. so they nice. get in there for thirty-five dollar, thirty-five dollar, and then nice. just like, like reflexology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I do that. I have my little guy there that I go to, and um, that's. I like, I like that. I, my Instagram post today was me doing my first deadlift post breaking some bones in my hand. And um, I went to yoga after I just deadlifted and went to yoga because I'm still healing. I get that. But my post was about strong body, strong mind and strong body is different. A definition to, for everybody. It's different for everybody. But if you work on and keep your body healthy, oh my gosh, that's how your brain continues to grow. Yeah. Yeah, that's our right. brains have that's to keep growing. All right, so that's interesting. And and so what's like what's coming up? What's next? You've got this new fit over forty plan. Yep. And um, let's let's hear what's coming okay. up. So um, I love it. So yeah, you can check me out at heatherhavenwood.com. Yep. Um, everything's there. I have a store called Sexy Boss Body, which is basically I have t-shirts called Being the Boss is Sexy and uh, Marketing Badass and some fun t-shirts on that that you can find them on Amazon. Um, but uh, what I got going on right now is I'm really focused on I'm helping people launch people's podcasts and yes. help people get a, become a guest of people's podcasts. And how you can reach me with that, you can go to heatherhavenwood.com slash media and there's a form there. You can fill that and have, have a conversation with you about how I can help you in your business, either launch a podcast and or be on the people's podcast as a guest. Um, as far as the Fit Over 40, um, that's happening now. You can go to my Instagram. You'll be able to watch that. Heather Havenwood. I'm big on Instagram. I'm starting awesome. to do more and more. So that's really it. It's been, I will include um, that all in the show notes for our guests so they know how to find you. And I have one last question because I know that you need to run. One last question. Okay. What percentage of grit and grace are you? Oh, grit and grace. I say hundred percent. A hundred of each. So 50 of each. You, you're equal yeah, 50, 50. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I'm definitely, 
I have a little more grit than grace. I'll say that definitely like a 80, 20. I think you're more an 80, 20. Yeah. My mom would be that. my mom. I just heard my mom yell at me. So she's like, you're probably more grit than grace. Um, she's a southern <laughs> girl rather than me be uh, a 20 other way, but I'm definitely more grit than grace. I love it. Thank you so much for coming and talking about all of these really great topics. And my friends, thank you for listening. If you're not a member yet at ladieschitchatclub.com, go join us. You can find me in all the usual channels.